There was my face right out there because my hair was really short. It was the most horrifying experience. After 20 years of dyeing my hair, I decided to stop dyeing it. It really kind of redefined what it meant to be feminine. Then everyone's like, oh, like it actually looks really good on you. And I'm like, huh, what a thunk. Four months later, I started to panic because I was getting ready for prom. I shaved my head and I didn't just use clippers. I actually used shaving cream and I bicked it down to the skin. What did it look different, feel different, be different? Hello, I'm Jen Dean, and this is The Gardenia Project. When I was little, I had really thick, thick, wavy blonde hair. It was really very long, way down my back, past my butt. And people complimented me on it all the time. I became really aware that my hair was beautiful. I loved my hair a lot and I know it's really pretty. And we were Jehovah's Witnesses. So when I was about five years old, my mom sat me down and told me that basically I thought too much of myself. I had become vain and egotistical and she explained why that was bad and why that was a sin against God. So she took me and had all of my hair cut off to above my ears and then it was the 80s, so she gave me a permanent so that my hair was super tight curls. I remember going to school and they called me Orphan Annie and they made fun of me. I remember looking in the mirror and not recognizing myself. Like it was just bizarre. I was this different person in the mirror now. I hated my haircut. I hated the way I looked. Um, it was pretty traumatizing and it's something I never forgot. Like it really stuck with me. The idea too, that it was shameful for me to feel beautiful and that I had to be punished for that feeling. And yeah, I completely feel like I lost my identity and I didn't even know who I was anymore. So that was, that was really hard. After that, I kept my hair long for many years until I was about 16 years old and at that point, I was feeling pretty rebellious and I wanted to cut my hair short. So I let my mom know that I was going to do that. And her response was that I shouldn't do that. Why would you cut off all your hair? It's so beautiful. Um, and she also said, you don't really have a f the face for a short haircut. And I remember being so angry and hurt and being really aware that basically my mom was telling me I wasn't pretty enough to have short hair. And I also had become known again for having this long hair, so why wouldn't I just keep it, was her reasoning. And of course this was baffling to me because this was this reversal from all the stuff that she had told me when I was five. Like she was kind of taking, she was flipping the switch and sort of being the devil's advocate. It was really confusing for me. I cut my hair off anyway. Um, <laughs> and I do want to say here that I think my mom was trying to do the right thing. I think she was trying to be a good Christian. She was trying to teach me the right morals and values. Um, but, you know, even as I got older, the morals and values were shifting. She wanted me to be pretty. I was a teenager. She wanted me to be accepted. That's just the culture we live in. I don't think that she meant to give me an identity crisis or poke holes in my self-esteem. I don't think that that was her intention at all. She was doing the best she could. Um, after this, over the years of my adult life, 
I only really cut it super short, like above my ears one other time. As an adult, I had dyed my hair platinum blonde and it made my hair really dry and brittle. So I decided very spur of the moment to just cut it all off. I didn't love it. Um, I think I could still hear my mom's voice telling me like, I didn't really have the face for a short haircut. So I'm still known as an adult now for having beautiful curly hair and it is become part of my identity. I think I still have a struggle with the idea of feeling that my beauty is tied to my hair, which is part of my identity. I, I don't think I would find myself as attractive without my hair. It's definitely a security blanket. I'm okay with that, I guess. At least I'm aware of it, but it's an interesting thing to think about. And especially when my daughter comes to me and says, I want to cut off all my hair. And she couldn't tell me why or what the motivation was. She just wanted to do it. It was totally random. That was that. And I was really excited for her. I was, I, you know, I was a little caught off guard. I was like, oh, okay. I backed her up. I took her to the salon. I was relieved when she was happy with it. And I think it's given her a lot more confidence in herself and her ability to make her own choices. I don't know that she can see that yet, but I do think it's it's made a difference. I've watched it. I've talked to other people about it, and it's been really cool. It's been a great experience for her. But what I found fascinating after the fact is, like, posting this photo of her to Instagram, starting to share my story, and how many people, women, reached out to me and started telling me their stories. And they were full of sadness or power. It felt like there was one or the other, or sometimes both. But it was really fascinating to me that so many people, so many women over the years of growing up have had some experience that had a huge impact on the way that they feel about themselves or the way that they see themselves as beautiful or in society. I guess I hadn't really given it as much thought before then, but since then I've thought about it a lot and that's what inspired this podcast. There are so many stigmas that go along with having long hair versus short hair still in our culture. And I find that frustrating in some ways. Like it's still a big deal if a woman shaves off all her hair. And you're considered brave and kind of a badass. And I get it because I'm not brave enough to do that. I'm not there yet. Today we're going to listen to women talk about, wait for it, their hair. Multiple voices from women talking about vulnerability or power that came from their hair. I realized after listening to these stories that this was just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many more stories that we didn't tell, but here are just a few. I read a post by my friend Jen about her daughter Charlie's new haircut. Very bold and beautiful haircut. It brought me back to my first real dramatic haircut. I was probably about 24, 25 at the time, and I always had sort of shoulder-length hair. Uh, I went to get a haircut at, you know, some cheap walk-in place, and ended up pretty much with a mullet. 
these terrible layers. And I was really upset about it. Uh, so later that night, my roommate came home and saw my hair and how mortified I was. And she always had great hair. And she said, you should go see my guy, Larry. So I made an appointment with him, went in to see him. And it was really um, kind of changing for me. And I had never thought about that until I had read this post. I had brown hair, sometimes had highlights and changed it a little bit here and there. Um, but he had told me uh, how beautiful I was and I could have any haircut in the world and I would look lovely. And he talked me into a short pixie uh, platinum blonde, actually, pixie cut. Um, and I said, fuck it. My hair looks horrible anyways, so do it. And I absolutely loved it. It was a little shocking at first, but it just gave me this sense of... Um, sort of sass and strength. And um, there was my face right out there because my hair was really short. But I actually really had ended up gaining so much confidence from that hairstyle. So thanks, Larry. I don't know where you are now and you probably don't realize you had that sort of impact, but uh, you gave that girl some more confidence. So I have actually cut my hair super short twice in my life now. The first time was really uh, kind of scary, but it was a time where things were really hard. Things were really uh, difficult and I, I wanted to be wanted to look different, feel different, be different. Um, and so I decided it was time to just chop my hair super short. And, and once it was short, I just wanted it shorter and shorter and shorter. When I was a senior in high school, I impulsively decided to cut my hair like 10 inches in the middle of my senior year. And uh, I don't know why, I like cut it up to my ears and it looked really cute in my license picture. I looked adorable, but then four months later I started to panic because I was getting ready for prom and I asked my parents if I could get extensions and my mom got so mad at me for asking if after spending, you know, however much money the haircut was, if I could pay to get it taped back onto my head, essentially. <laughs> and uh, it was a really embarrassing and humbling experience um, and I, for the record, have never gotten extensions. What is hair? Sometimes it's blonde. Sometimes it's brown, red, gray, green, especially after swimming in my mom's pool. I remember those days when I was young. When I was a child, I had hair that was straight. Every night we'd roll it in rollers, those foam rollers with the clip, and I'd have adorable hair until I was about 10. And that's when my hair was cut really short and I got a perm. It was the most horrifying experience. You see, when you have hair that changes colors as an adult, it's nothing like having your hair cut and the identity of that hair cut. Looking like a boy told you're not, you don't have the face for long hair. Your face is too tiny. My face is fine. My hair is fine with all its colors, including green. 
I guess the the most emotional um, reaction or memory that I have in response to my hair is that there's sort of this there's sort of this like kind of nice emotional intimacy between me and my mom that despite the fact that I'm 27 years old whenever I come home whether it was from college or from once I was moving away or summer camp when I was little um, but I mean even now if I come home for a weekend she'll brush my hair after I get out of the shower and we just have this kind of nice moment together where we sort of reconnect and sometimes we don't even talk at all it's just it's habitual and it's nice and it's comfortable and um, it kind of happens without us saying anything too. I was 27, and it was shortly after my dad had passed away somewhat unexpectedly from esophageal cancer, and uh, I just felt a tremendous amount of grief and I think some resentment that, you know, the, it doesn't matter if somebody you care about passes away, the world keeps on going uh, regardless. And so I wanted to make a physical change to myself. I guess it was symbolic. Um, just recognizing that I was different physically as a result of losing my dad. Um, and then the second time, after 20 years of dyeing my hair, I decided to stop dyeing it. And there are a lot of ways to do that. And I chose the most drastic, of course, to cut it all off and uh, let my white and gray hair grow in naturally. It was pretty empowering to do that. I think it was uh, an acceptance of the age that I am now and uh, my white and gray hair, my wisdom hair that I've earned them and they represent the wisdom that I've gathered in my, my short 45 years thus far. So when I was in eighth grade, my hair was, oh, probably halfway down my back long. And I decided I wanted a short, sassy haircut. And I went and got a short haircut. It was not sassy. I hated it from the beginning. And so regretted uh, that I did that. At the time, I took over my brother's paper route. And, and so I would go around the neighborhood and knock on everyone's doors. And more than one person, I think at least three, I can think of clearly, asked me, oh, are you Dennis's brother? Seriously, brother. I was like heartbroken. I mean, I already hated this haircut and now people seriously thought I was a boy. I, I still can remember viscerally that feeling that was a pivotal moment for me, and I'm not sure what came of it other than I stopped delivering the newspapers. But I remember thinking, I, I just, I, I don't want to be not seen for who I am. Hair was important to my self-image. Hair was important to how other people saw me. And now I can clearly say that's not true. Um, it was just one part of me. And it would be okay now if people asked me if I'm Dennis's brother. I would have a good laugh about it. The second time was totally different. 
the second time, I think short hair on women had maybe become a little bit more um, acceptable. And I chose it out of wanting to look styled and put together. I wanted to always look like I had taken time to get ready. And as a woman with long hair, often I would find my own hair ended up in a ponytail and that felt um, unprofessional to me and it felt like I wasn't really trying. And so the second time that I cut my hair really short, it was really about wanting to look put together and sort of a fun, funky way. And now I always keep my hair short And I think it suits me because it's fun and it's a little sassy and um, I just really love it. So a few years ago, I decided to get a buzz cut. It was kind of the pinnacle, I would say, of a slow but steady process of sort of cutting my hair shorter and shorter. And the buzz cut kind of represented this kind of like extreme but really empowering version of what I felt every time I cut my hair shorter. Uh, Just really like a shedding of sort of a burden of like having to have long hair. Um, I grew up most of my life having this long blonde hair and I never really felt like it suited me. Um, I never knew what to do with it. I was never really into hair. And so I kind of just felt like it was this, yeah, like a burden that I didn't really want. Um, So the moment that I realized that I didn't need to have long hair and I could just, you know, cut it off, it was uh, super freeing. The the couple years that I had my buzz cut, it really kind of redefined what it meant to be feminine and just to sort of, it helped me kind of distance myself from Uh, classic expectations of beauty and helped me define it for myself. That decision of cutting my hair short like that um, really coincided with like a sort of sense of ownership over my own identity. Um, Okay, so my name is Ashley and um, I'm, do I say I'm black? I'm so sorry. I mean, like, I'm like not doing it right. I'm so no, sorry. Was... <laughs> do I say I'm black? I was like, do, do I did it by the other I'm so sorry. Okay, we can start over. Okay. Okay, so um, my name is Ashley Story. I am African American. Um, and for the majority of my life, um, I was getting um, perms for, for my hair to be straight against my will or it was just like everyone in my family got perms um but that started I think around when I was like three or four um and so I never liked getting perms (laughs) I um because it burns like you would not believe it hurts so much I also sort of felt that like my hair never like it never really grew so then in undergrad I I think in in Uh, sophomore year I was just like I'm an adult (laughs) I can I was like I can decide how I want my hair to be and um, I decided that I wanted to go natural and I decided that I wanted to transition my hair instead of doing a big chop Um, so I started like transitioning my hair 
my parents were like a little bit confused I think and like not they were just like we're not into it I don't think they were it sort of came as a shock I think I remember when I told my mom she just like kept trying to like convince me that like she was like no no no, it's not the perm like you just have to take better care of your hair and I was like I was like but I don't want straight hair I was like I like my hair curly like I like the natural like I like the way that it actually grows out of my head like I don't I, I if I wanted straight hair and if I like you know if that was my preference and like sure but it really wasn't um and so that just started a very long process of like learning and there's still stuff that I'm learning now that it's sort of like grown out and it's a little bit more full and everyone's like oh like it actually looks really good on you and I'm like huh what a thunk like the hair <laughs> the hair that grows out of me is like looks looks pretty good you know um and now you know I love my hers um they're very strong you know she's thick she's voluptuous and we like that and now a word from one of our new sponsors kate bathrus coaching helps mission-driven women reclaim their intuition and reconnect to themselves so that they can make a difference in the world and feel fully alive while doing so she supports her clients to step boldly into the next phase of their life, work, and growth with clarity, confidence, and grace that come with making decisions from a place of deep connection. Now, while she wrote that for me to tell you, I will say that I have personally worked with Kate, and those words are so true. We've been working together for about a year, and she has profoundly shifted the way I move in the world and in my business. It's really surprising to me to see the effect of working with her has had. She helped me quickly launch my new course for my business, and she helped me reach some goals exponentially faster than I have been able to do on my own. So if the next chapter of your life is calling and you want to bring in the most vibrant and purposeful self to it, but you're not sure where to start, please call Kate. I'll have the link on the website and blog um, and the Podbean app, but you can find her at her name. Kate, K-A-T-E, Bathras, B-A-T-H-R-A-S, coaching.com. And now, back to the podcast. Back when I was pregnant with one of my children, I can't remember if it was my son or my daughter, but I made a life list of a hundred things that I wanted to accomplish. And on my life list, I decided that I wanted to shave my head for non-medical reasons. I can't say there's one specific reason why. I think um, I always figured if I had cancer and something happened and I was going to lose my hair, I, I wanted to know what I was going to look like and I wanted to be okay with it. So I guess I was preparing myself for a moment of bravery should I ever need it. January 1st, 2009, I shaved my head. And I didn't just use clippers. I actually used shaving cream and I bicked it down to the skin. And it was kind of interesting because it's sort of a strange sensation. Men never really talk about this. But when I turned my head on the pillow that night, it felt like um, Velcro. Like I had quite a bit of friction just trying to turn my head because I had the little stubby hairs that didn't get shaved off quite so easily. Mm, All in all, most people were pretty supportive of it and were like, that's great, that's awesome. But I did have one really negative experience. 
I was called into my supervisor's supervisor's office and um, she wanted to speak to me about my hair. And basically, the general idea of what she was trying to get from me was to make sure that I wasn't trying to get attention by shaving my head. So that was incredibly frustrating. And just thinking about it still kind of irritates me beyond belief. But I did find um, one thing kind of interesting about shaving my head. One, I found out I have two scars on my head, which I did not know about. Two, I have a rather nicely shaped head. I feel pretty good about it. Uh, Three, with my head shaved, I look a lot more like my father than I realized. Um, And it's kind of funny and and I find it kind of endearing also. My dad uh, and I used to have this sort of running joke because I loved my long hair. I had like long brown hair. Uh, And every morning I would wake up when I was a little kid and I would come downstairs and my dad would go, hey, how'd you sleep? Your hair looks great this morning. (laughs) And it's just like sort of a weird running joke that we've always had. And I was reminding him of that story the last time I was home and he got a kick out of it and asked me uh, how I was doing, how I slept, and told me that my hair looked great the next morning. (laughs) Hi, my name's Stephanie and I produce The Gardenia Project. So about a year and a half ago, I decided to get a pixie cut. I wasn't very attached to my hair, and I loved trying out new styles. I'd done asymmetrical, short, long, highlights, bangs. But I'd always loved pixie cuts and never really had the guts to go for it. So I had this hair appointment scheduled, and about an hour before, I thought, maybe it's time. So I pretty much made the final decision when I was in the chair. I said, let's do it. Let's cut my hair off. So my hair had been blonde since sophomore year of college, and I really no longer knew my natural color. So when I chopped it, I had this double transformation. I went from long blonde hair to a pixie cut with dark brown hair. (laughs) It was shocking. So reactions were mixed. A lot of people loved it and said I looked like Amelie. Um, But when my dad saw it, his voice got really high-pitched, and he said... I like it, which is how I knew he did not. And my ex-boyfriend asked me if I was a lesbian now. One, so what if I was? And two, hair doesn't dictate sexuality. So weird logic, but anyways. And as far as my feelings towards my hair went, um, over the next few months, I struggled. One day, I would love it. I would feel so chic and brave and vintage and cute. Um, And the next, I'd feel hideous. I thought I looked like a boy, or I wasn't feminine enough, or I didn't have the face, um, or all my breakouts were even more visible. And I remember reading articles online about how men are intimidated by short hair and don't find it as attractive. But over time, those ugly days became fewer and farther between. And I realized that I had felt bad about my appearance many times in my life, even when I had long hair. So it wasn't my hair's fault. It was my own self-esteem. Short hair or long hair, I was going to have self-conscious days, regardless. And that's what I had to work on. So, some days are easier than others, but I now know it's not my hair. And by the way, I loved my short hair, I loved all the awkward phases as I was growing it out, and I started dating someone who loved my pixie cut, 
and I was growing it out and had a bit of an awkward mullet. He loved that too. So I guess it doesn't matter what my hair looks like. Okay, here we are, Charlie and I. So Charlie, I'm going to ask you questions and remember how I told you to answer. Okay. So if you can say um, why you wanted to get a haircut, like what made you think of it? Did you see something? Um, where'd you get the idea? Um, I decided that I really wanted to like change my style because, well, long hair is kind of getting boring and like I feel like a lot of people like have long hair, so I kind of wanted to just like switch it up. It didn't feel like a huge deal, but it it felt really exciting to like change something. When you went to have it done, what was that like? Um, it was a little bit nerve-wracking because I was nervous because I had never done something like that before. But um, I was also really excited. Once you actually did it, like she did it at the salon and she cut your... Can you describe what happened, like how she did it? Um, so what she did was she um, she pulled my hair back into two little pigtails and then she cut them off and then she let me hold them. Like it, it felt really weird to like hold my own hair in my hands and and then like have it be so short in the back. How did people react when they saw you after your haircut? When people saw me, they said, um, they, they thought that it was cool and that it was different and most people liked it. Can you tell us whether you are glad you did it? I'm glad that I did it because, because I got to try something new. How does it make you feel when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God. Well, now that I have gotten it cut, like when I look in the mirror, it just feels normal. But like when I first like went to bed and like woke up the next morning, like it felt so like light to sit up. And I was I kept like when I woke up that next morning, I like couldn't stop feeling the back of my head. Because it was so, like, short. Do you think it's a big deal in general, like, out in society right now? Do you think it's a big deal to get your hair cut this short? Um, I feel like now it's, like, more natural because a lot of, like, not a lot, but there are definitely people that get their hair cut really short. But it wasn't, like, 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 super casual, like, no biggie. Well... I don't know how to explain it, but, like, it wasn't, like, a huge deal, but it wasn't, like, oh, that was, like, nothing. I get that. That totally makes sense. Um, do you think it should be a big deal if somebody cuts all their hair off? Not really, because they should be allowed to do what they want. Yeah. Uh... Well, I mean, like, if it, if it feels like a big deal to them, then definitely support that. But, like, if they're like, oh, this is no biggie, then you shouldn't, like, make a huge deal out of it like making an anthill like making a I don't know the expression but it's like um, making um a, a mountain out of an anthill yeah sometimes I do think it ends up in society being a big deal if somebody goes to get all their hair cut off yeah yeah it's kind of weird anything else you want to say about the way that it affected you or the way that you think about it 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 I feel like it didn't really affect me 
I still felt like myself even though I had really short hair. That's very cool. Thank you. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing love. Yeah. Today you heard the brave voices of Leslie Chambers, Mary Cusack, Ellen Canner, Catherine Bierce, Kelly Flagg, Mary Beth Pierce, Ashley Story, Katie Inglis, Kirby Taylor, Greta Weber, my talented producer Stephanie Cohn herself, and my girl, my daughter Charlie Hartman, as well as my own story. We would love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave a comment on the blog post for The Gardenia Project, which lives at jendinephotography.com, on Podbean, or on any of the social media channels. A huge thank you to Stephanie's brilliant editing for this episode, and for including your own voice as well. If you would like to support us financially, podcasts are not inexpensive to create, my friends that are listening, you can head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and gift us a few dollars a month, and we will always think of you with love in our hearts. No, truly, I'm, I'm not making that up. We, we do. I love those people who are helping support this podcast and make it happen. Also, we just want to say we're grateful to Tanner Campbell of the Portland Pod for his recording studio and to Keith Kenneth of Unseen Music for the theme music. We can't wait to bring you the next episode. If you have ideas or someone you know who you think should be on the podcast, send us a note. Till next time. I am thrilled to announce that my dear friend Jennifer Elizabeth Moore has released her much-awaited book. It's called Empathic Mastery, a five-step system to go from emotional hot mess to thriving success. Here's a few of the questions. She says, if you've ever said one of the following, this book is for you. I wish I could control it. I try to block the pain, but it doesn't work. I'm so alone. Nobody understands me. I thought I was the only one. I want to help everyone, but I'm so drained, I can hardly get out of bed. I recently recommended this book to a friend who was clearly experiencing being an empath, but she didn't know it. She said that this book has been exactly what she's been searching for for years. She was carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders, and now she feels like she can breathe again. It's been a great gift in her life to learn the tools for something she didn't even know how to name. Check out this book for yourself or someone in your life that's been experiencing empathic overwhelm. You'll be glad you did.